Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I am your host, Tyler. And I am your co-host, Till. I don't get it. It's just exciting. It was, oh, it was just yeah. a new way of doing it, Till. If you're new to the show, Rolling with Disadvantage is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into the void. Oh, God! I thought you weren't going to do it, and it was going to totally throw me about various aspects of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. Um, feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. This show is now available on all sorts of platforms. Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts. Which I've never even heard of, but yeah, apparently, apparently it's a big deal. Thing. SoundCloud, of course, and uh, I, if, you, if there's more... If you know think, somewhere yeah. we can put this that it currently isn't, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, tweet me, uh, uh, post on my random Reddit things, or email the show. I think the email of the show is in the show description. I believe so. Um, okay, so I had purchased five gold polished G20s. I, I, you, I see that you have done that. You sent the picture. And they you know looked, what? They look they nice. They look great. They look nice. Oh, I should bring them in here so you can play with them. Um, 25 bucks. Five Seems bucks, five bucks a night. They're solid metal. They're it's heavy. It's, it's, it's they look pretty good. I'm gonna See, use them as like you, you get inspiration. You're the metal die guy. Dude, I, I don't it. like metal, metal. dies. I don't Why? like. I, I like the I like the soft roll. The kind of like uh, you don't know what's about to happen because it's kind of oh it's fumbling right between a two and a twenty. That's oh, my foam well, dice. Well, no, that's too much. <laughs> That's that's why I, just... I am a man of polarity. Yes. I, I pick giant foam dice or solid, solid metal, metal dice. dice. Yeah, the solid metal ones, you, they hit, and there's no rolling. It's Ooh. just, you just drop that it. is that, that number. Is yeah, I don't use die, dice towers because if a d20 rolls, it'll break that, it. it'll just break it, it to break pieces. It. Break it. Um, I like them a lot, and we're going to see how they work. Um, a week I actually have been looking into dice towers because I think there's a there's, couple that I'm like, I really want that. I but... just cut a file for one that I can 3D print, and you essentially you 3D print the top and the bottom, and you cut a like vitamin water bottle. Just for the plastic cylinder, mm-hmm. so you can see through it. Yeah, you just cap it with like castle stairs and castle battle. Yeah, and yeah. what are the things they call top, um, top of a castle? They're called um, not the parapet. Parapet. No. It's a parapet. Is it? Yeah, the little like up and down vertical God, little. I feel like there's a different term for it that I can't think of. One Google parapet. Parapet. A low protective barrier along the edge of a roof or bridge. Okay. Look, you knew it. God, I feel like there's another term for it. But I, I probably. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I would try the dice tower thing as well. Maybe when I'm a player again. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Nod, it, nod. Yeah, elbow, elbow. I mean. Wink again. I mean, you're trying. I, I give you. Just credit. send in all the memes. It, now, if you were, if you were interested in playing more regularly and later. I'd invite you to Monday. No, but I'm not going to do that. I know, I know you're not, and that's why I don't bother, because you're not going to be a PC there. Okay. But eventually. Eventually I'll happen. be a player again. I'll ne- get really angry, and I'll just be in the team. Ne- next year. Next year. Next year. <sighs> All right. Why don't you go ahead and start and pull okay. from the deck of okay. many topics. The deck of many topics. There are fewer topics in it right now, because I didn't load but it's it up. Okay. But there are some good ones. We know the Monster Draft is yet. not in there anymore. Oh, it's the Monster Draft. No, I'm kidding. No, it's uh, not. <laughs> Can uh, visualizations like terrain, minis, and props go too far? This is a good question. That's why I put it in there. So, I would like to just discuss visualizations in general. Sure. What they are, how you use them, etc. What are we talking about? So, like, for example, you uh, you are, by trade, an artist. Yeah. So, you are able to draw these elaborate maps. Yeah. You're able to create uh, 3D images, carve foam terrain. terrain. You do all these things. Not lately. (laughs) That 
Maybe other people don't. Maybe people like myself have cardboard cutouts that they just put on the right. grid mm-hmm. and leave it at that. It's plenty. So, but, you know, I've been tr- trying to develop a system uh, by which I have, like, entire maps made out of these cardboard pieces at once and kind of present it. Yes, at, as a thing like, you've just walked into this. Like a Dwarven Forge type? Like a Dwarven Forge-like thing. Right. Which oh god I wish I had it's sponsored by Dwarven Forge. Oh That's Dwarven Forge, we're here. We we they have don't hear us. we have like five listeners. Yeah, they don't hear us. They could all be buying your stuff. Now Dwarven Forge, I think, is at the tippity top end tippity top. of what we're talking about. Very much so. This is several hundred dollars for like pieces and parts or fully molded terrain mm-hmm. that is custom to whatever you want. Yes. Right. Yes. If you have the money to show out for that, God fucking bless you. We're looking for sponsors. But if you don't, that's way beyond the range of most player groups. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Like, um, like I've spent uh, $60 on dungeon tiles, and that was expensive. I'm going to show you how much styrofoam I have in the basement just for carving beneath my stairs. It's like every time I take the dog on a walk, if there's if I go by a garbage can and it has like just white styrofoam, I pull it out. Ooh, and, piece of candy. Yeah, exactly. So I have so much ready to carve for... Whatever. You know, mountains and, and rivers and, and towers and dungeons and whatever, um, which is my route. My route is free or nothing, basically. I spend mm. all my money on other things. other things like the dice and this setup. Um, but if it's terrain, I'm going to make it. If it's a little f- fixture, I'm going to 3D print it with my printer. Uh, I'm not going to buy those things. So when is this terrain, this effort, too much? Well, I'm going to ask, what's too little first? Is there such a thing? So, uh, and I think you had this in the original question online, because I believe I read um, Did I remove it? that it, you didn't quite write it all, but you mentioned something about D&D being a visual game, mm-hmm. about it being not necessarily physically visual, but mentally visual, mm-hmm. and that, you know, initially this game took entirely place in your mind. Yes. Like, when Gary Gygax first did this, he and his friends sat down with pen and paper, he described a scenario... And they said what they were doing. Right. So the game has since evolved. It's much more tactical nowadays. You've got line effects and radial effects and all these things that definitely require some sort of formal grid. Battle map. So I think that is the minimum. I think that's where we should you start think with this. Battle discussion. map is minimum. I think battle map is the bare minimum that you could possibly do if you are running a session. Well, it's still a defensible position to do a like all all theater of the mind discord type game mm-hmm. where there's no surface there's no nothing yes but i would i would say for our purposes for the general understanding of dungeons and dragons battle map battle map that's a, and tokens of some kind now what i will say is there are other role-playing games where theater of the mind is perfect for example uh the star wars force and destiny system mm-hmm. is very simple in terms of movement all movement is you either are at a melee range a short range a medium range or a long range you can change that range each round if you would like, right. and it's that simple. There's no real, I am behind this guy. I've five-foot stepped. I miss those. Uh, behind I my enemy. Five-foot step you was know, the biggest fucking gimmick I in third edition. I disengage and move all these things that we do in D&D. There's other games that don't do it. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade is entirely theater of the mind. There's the no game. battle grid necessary at all for that game. Zero. Um, so there's other games where you don't need this, but D&D... Based off the 
fifth edition rules. Tactical nature of it. You need to have at least a grid that you can put two people on and say, you are this far apart. He's got these people at this distance. Mm-hmm. That way, if you want to sickening radiance in your 30-foot radial sphere, that's your area. I have two, two unrelated follow-up questions. One's related, one's not. Have you ever met anybody who uses a hex grid? Um, no. Yeah, okay. Well, I... Full stop. We, <laughs> we did use it for a drinking game, and it worked out quite well. What? I'll explain later. Why not explain now? Okay, because uh, it's a... Uh, anyway, there's this game we play. Uh, it's very simple. We take a quarter, and we flip the quarter onto... Usually we just have uh, a set of paper spread out across the table. Yeah. Wherever the quarter lands, you circle the quarter, and you write a rule in it. You know, drink five times, That's take a, a shot, whatever it may be. And if somebody then flips and hits that spot, they uh-huh. do that. And the hexes work really well. So the hexes, what we did is, when you flip the quarter, any hex that is touching, you get to draw around and write a rule in there. Uh, I it's, like that game. And it was fun. it was a lot of fun. So the hex map is useless. Um, just make a double-sided square map. But my related follow-up question I was, think one side should be oh. blank and one side should be a terrain side. That'd be great. Does, does the battle map enable... I'm going to use the phrase metagaming. Absolutely. So isn't it, in essence, a good and a bad thing? Absolutely. Because you can be like, ooh, I'm going to just perfectly position my fireball right there at the corner that hits just the baddies and not my goodies right there. Yes. Yes, it absolutely does. But at the same time, I would argue that I think it's within a hero's ability to do exactly that. With the exception of, like, imagine you're shooting around a corner because you can see around a corner on a battle map, but in reality you can't. Well, then I, I think that's why things like disadvantage or uh, bonuses to AC. No, I mean, for... like the fireball. Like, imagine, you, you know, you know your friends are around the corner kind of thing, or you know the bad guys around the corner, so you can you can shoot the fireball and hit them with the, you know, explosion. Well, I mean, I think that that's up to the DM too. If somebody, if just an enemy moves, work. no, no. If an enemy moves around a corner, just remove them from the board altogether. Mm-hmm. That way, they don't know if they're there or not. If somebody's out of sight to your character, they shouldn't be on the map. I I feel like the battle grid. My major concern, mm-hmm. major concern, is like people planning character. out their turns very tactically to like doing the math. Like I can move forty feet. Okay, move thirty. You know, three That's, this way. That is me to a T. I know, and it can it can eat up a lot of your turn to just be so mathematically tactile because of the grid. What I will say is, I try my best to plan it all out before my turn comes. That's and, fine. And when my turn comes, I just do it. But not everybody is you. I agree, which makes my turns very difficult because I'm sitting here trying to plan out what everyone else is going to do, and then all of a sudden a smoke stick flies in front of the enemy. Yes. Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. To some people. <laughs> All right. So next level of visualization is minis. Minis. I, you know, anything from tokens to cardboard cutouts to perfect to plastic minis to pewter minis to, uh, what's the website? Hero Forge yes. Gold Minis. As a DM, I truly and utterly appreciate minis that represent the characters because then when I am doing my thing mm. and I look at the grid, I say, okay, these guys are here. This I, Good I, like, point. I just look right at it and I say, bam, easy recognition. I, I But if okay. everyone is the same identical zombie piece, it's like, who's this? Who, who's who's this? Who, who has to make this say? Honestly, I still do that even though you all have unique pieces. Oh. I still look and I go, who the is that? If, 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 uh, Neil had his Lego character up there. I'd be more readily identifiable mm-hmm. than his. Uh, he has like a generic. He, thing. Yes, yes. It I try to always make. I always try to get. Yeah, a character yours that matches is. yours, and because your your level of commitment to painting it and all that stuff. Yes. But what if they're all just you know colored chips 
and I knew you're red, you're blue, you're green, you're okay. yellow. Okay, that, that would work too. And again, and I think that's just a matter of how involved you are on the grid. As a group, and I think it's because of me, I push it a lot, is we focus a lot on the grid, especially mm-hmm. during battle. Even out of battle, like just conversing or negotiating, I'm like, where am I at? Mm-hmm. And and so that's when the detail of the mini is important. But if it's just there because you need some sort of representation, poker chips would be my recommendation. Yeah, I, I my concern becomes... They're a little big, but it works. Again, that the mini takes up a physical space that you then have to account for in a, in a physical space like the grid, and which doesn't necessarily accurately represent mm-hmm. real life. It's a visual aid. It is not a visual parallel to reality. Okay. Um, so, but again, I think... These two, these two levels of things we're talking about, the grid and the mini, are totally within the normal reality. I'd, I would be surprised if there's a D&D session that doesn't use Harken it. back 18 years ago when we started playing, when I started playing Dungeons & Dragons, that the well, you, you all you had was paper, yep. pencil, yep. dice, yep. and we happen to have um, Mage Knight figurines. Is what Mage we Knight had. is a hell of a rough game. Yes, <laughs> yes it was. It was it was it would sprawl out across an entire oh my, goddamn yeah. living room yeah. with string and measuring tape to just to lose for me most of the time. For most of the time, but um, having the, those but, minis were great. But I will point out that, as, from my experience, since third edition, I don't I can't remember if AD and D or the original edition mm-hmm. did this, but as, as of third edition, every player's handbook came with a no. Every dungeon master guy came with a Battle grid. grid. Yes, with a grid. right. It came within the back of the book. Yeah. Right. So that you had that. Yeah. Um, but if you had. If you were sharing a DMs guy with your friends, only one of you had it. Yes. the problem. But you had you had you maybe had minis, maybe you didn't. So otherwise you used Legos or we had colored counters. Monopoly or pieces. Monopoly pieces, exactly. That was the, hat. the um the nature of having a perfect mini was not the case when you're a teenager. No. But now as an as an adult in your you know, twenties or thirties, whatever, you have the ability to have this perfect mini. Which is nice. It is nice, but is it just it feels a, nice. is it just a collectible? It's not a necessary part of the game. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So what's another level of visual visualization after that is I think then comes those like the what I was talking about, the cardboard pieces. Dungeon They're, tiles. Yeah, dungeon tiles. Yeah. They you you go, you buy them online, they come pre made, pre colored, all that. All you do is just decide where they go on the grid. Right. That's all there is to it. There's nothing special or fancy about them. They're very easy to use. Uh, and they're great if, like me, you are very, very non-artistically gifted. Does that limit your dungeon-making creativity? Um, I would say no, just because uh, they have different cities. They've got, like, a city one. They've got a wild one. They've got a dungeon one. Right, but it's the options are finite. So, but there's a lot of them. There's actually probably more than I would just come up with on my own. Well, you could – so I always like to start my dungeons with a dungeon generator just to get the map inspiration. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I like that map. I'll use those shapes and rearrange yeah. them how I see fit. If your dungeon tiles only have a certain number of finite combinations. Well, let me ask you this. How many different ways do you draw stairs? In? On a battle grid when you're drawing stairs. Well, it doesn't matter. It's a rectangle with some lines, right? Yeah, exactly. So if I use the same stair piece – in all the spaces, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't change the. Well, so since we're since we're in this particular part of the conversation, with the we're just above the sort of minimum now. What is the? Um, is it necessary? Does it do enough to merit having the dungeon tile? I think that depends on the group you're playing with. Mm-hmm. Some people are very uh, gifted visually, like they can just see it. And they don't need, they don't need a bunch of colored pieces. They don't need a lot of visualization. They close their eyes and they see what's going on, and it's it enriches the experience. Right. And I think that's what any visualization does is it's meant to enrich the experience. If 
your imagination is better than anything that anyone can draw or create, then do it all in your mind. But most people will need some kind of visualization to make the experience that much more enjoyable. Hmm. Interesting. An interesting point. Because, again, you've been playing this game for so long and you haven't had that thing. Mm -hmm. Does that mean you weren't enjoying the game as much before? Or were you enjoying the game more because it was all in your head? I think... I think that it's different levels. I, just as I enjoyed different things at a younger age than well, I, I do young, now. I enjoyed young person things when I was yes. So things, yeah. now, like back then, it was just a matter of being with my friends and doing something all together. It could have been anything. We could have been friends. We, had, I mean, we had a, we had nine PCs in a group. I mean, Jesus, me. we had the None largest group. Well, anyway. Um, I just think that once upon a time, it's one thing to just be doing it and just be having fun. Uh, and this may not be the best correlation or best example of uh, uh, a similar situation, but when I was at a younger age. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago. Whatever. I could I could and would drink anything that was put in front of me. Sunny D. Natty Light. Tang. You uh, know, uh, what are the silver packages? Um, Capri Suns. Capri Suns. Yeah. Uh, na- Natty Light, Beast Ice. Uh, you know, I would drink crappy Stolishnaya. You know, whatever. I would drink I would drink anything. But nowadays, I don't. I'm very selective on what I drink. I like certain things, and I they make me happy. So I think it's the same thing. Like, once upon a time, I would play any game just because it was fun because of who I was with and what mm-hmm. I was doing. But nowadays... I'm much more selective on what I do, and I want a higher level of commitment and dedication to the cause, and I think that certain visualizations help that. So that leads to our sort of final level of this is terrain, right? Dwarven Forge style or handcrafted? Well, I mean, can I afford Dwarven Forge? In a hypothetical scenario, you can. Then absolutely. Is it worth it's, it? Oh, my God, it's gorgeous. So what? Just once I want to play on it. So what? It looks so good. But so what? But just just imagine if you had all characters with perfectly painted minis and all the enemies were painted and molded. Oh, oh my I'm, God. I don't, I don't join you on this particular oh, and, uh, nerdgasm. imaginative uh, foray you've taken. That's fine. I'm not on board with all that. That's fine. I feel like having the turn in front of me limits both my player's imagination of it and my manifestation of it. Mm. And, and it makes... It presents as less fluid. If I'm in, a, if you're, uh, if you're in a scenario, say you're in a cabin in the woods, and I describe the cabin in the woods to you, mm-hmm. it's still fluid. It's like a platonic version of the cabin in the woods, in that you can like, ooh, what if I try to do X, Y, and Z? But if I give you a physical manifestation of said cabin in the woods, it limits your choices. I have the perfect way to explain our differences. Yes. You are a man that reads books. I am a man that watches <laughs> movies. <laughs> that is that is the perfect example of the difference okay. between us. All right. From a practical perspective, though, in in just terms of decision making, mm-hmm. like um, there's a there's an episode of Critical Role yep. where they are literally in hell. I'll tell you what. I'll with make the it... fire with the rivers of lava. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Doesn't that, by virtue of being already described, mm-hmm. then your player looks at it and goes, "Okay, well, here's the things they can interact with," as opposed to searching the caverns of their mind for. What are things I can interact with? I feel like just putting it up there as terrain saves a lot of time because then they're not, can I do this? Can I do this? Is this there? Is this here? What is around me? It's 
here's what you have. What's the what's the un, uh, the certain like metaphysical pr- principle where something is only finite once it's observed? Do you know what I'm talking about? I uh, I have an idea of what you're talking about. It's like but... you know a uh, 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 something is changed. Its measurable quantity is changed just by virtue of being measured. And I think that player's behavior is changed by virtue of having a concrete thing to interact with. I would agree with that. I think that's the difference between. And I think what you're getting at is more the difference between D&D and a regular board game, which has everything already mm. set in place. Yeah, and I don't want D&D to feel like a regular board game. Yes. I and want I, and, I, and feel... I can understand that, and I can understand that difference. So, and I'm, I would argue that no matter what thing you're using, no matter what visualization you're using, you should use it to effect. I haven't made terrain for your guys' campaign in a while because I haven't had a great opportunity to use it to effect. Yeah, but I will say you did one time um, make the... Uh, uh, the mountain area where the we fought. battle? No, 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 no. Oh, where we the, fought the red dragon. Yeah, that yeah, was, that was excellent. You actually missed out on the beginner D and D where I made a whole dungeon. I, I three D printed benches, three D printed altars. I know, and I know that I wasn't invited. There was a vertical I, wall. I'm I not a climb. beginner. I nope, understand. You're not a beginner. All right. So the moral of the story is, I think visualizations as necessary, but there's no real right or wrong. Use them to enhance the game, not to overpower it. Ah, oh, that's a great way to put it. Do not. It shouldn't be a distraction from the game. Yes. It should be an enhancement for yes. the game. All right. That's great. Let's go ahead, take five, and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Welcome back, everybody. Um, the I had a thought. I'll be right away, and now I don't remember what it was. Uh, that's because I modified your memory. Ooh. A very underrated spell. Who are you? Like, that is a super powerful spell. It, it's been used to great effect. Great effect. I've never personally used it. Neither have I. I don't like playing a spellcaster. You know, I keep saying, I'm going to be a spellcaster, and I, it never happens. I'm always right. I'm always a, a semi-spell. I'm a paladin or a ranger. I liked being a paladin. I'm that a semi-spellcaster. Although, being a paladin in low levels feels kind of weak, because you're, you're, like, you're burning your spells either on holy smites or, like, bless. Yeah. feels kind of like, meh, I'm a one I, like, I love pony. bless. Although, having my horse, my celestial disappointment, disappointment. was my horse. It's fantastic. That was so funny for me. One, two, turning three, into a potted plant that one time when I was riding because yeah. we had a wild magic campaign, blah, 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 blah. I just don't feel myself playing spellcasters that often. I really, 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 really want to make a sorcerer or a uh, bard. Yeah. Never a bard. Or, uh, no, we're gonna, want... we're, no, we're going to be a troop of bards that sing Christmas carols, remember? I'm going to be a minotaur. It's going to be great. Okay. That's a minotaur bard yes. for those of you who are concerned yes. about the phrase minotaur bard. Minotaur. Way better than Minotarbarian. Can I be a centaur bard? A, a centaur and a minotaur? Yeah, and we could be a like a like a tenacious D type duo. Oh! Yes, uh, dibs on uh, KG, obviously. Would we be like the Tardy Brothers? Like the Hardy Brothers? Yeah. Is a Hardy Brothers? Isn't that detective? So there's the Hardy Brothers, which I believe are wrestlers, and the Hardly Brothers, which are detectives. Uh, is there is there a good brother duo for music? I feel like there is. Uh... Weren't they BG's siblings? I, there's plenty of bands that are siblings. Can we be disco bards? Disco bard, disco monster bards. Disco fever monster bards. Next campaign that you're a PC, I am gonna, in. And then in that campaign, there'll be a sickness literally called disco fever. What does it do? I don't know. Well, no, we have to be a player. There's no way that... Unless we yes. create it. Create we, a disease. Ooh. Spread disco oh. fever. Yes. And essentially, it just causes people to Dance uh, until they contract. Die. Yeah. Dance until uh, they die. Uh, what's that? Uh, auto's irresistible dance. Yes, you dance until you die. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Nailed it. Nailed All it. Right. Done. Okay. Let's get into an actual topic instead of a random 
I like our random transitionary. See, that argument. kind of stuff right there is what started this podcast. Uh, you said last time that lingering wound argument started this podcast. But, but like, these conversations where it doesn't really matter, no. but it just is a great idea. Hmm. Uh, magic items in 5th edition. Well, oh. well executed or perfectly executed? Ah. Ah. That's sarcasm. Ah. Poorly executed, right? Third edition magic items, so perfectly executed. Good. Perfectly executed. Oh, there were so many options. So and there was just many options. Like if that's the if, that's it. That's all it takes. Options. Options. Right. So what I think, I personally think, I can't confirm this. I can't say this is the way that it was meant, but I feel like when they created fifth edition, they wanted people to have almost like to almost be forced to make their own shit up. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what it feels like Home to me. Brew. Like, a lot of things are just, here's a plus one weapon, a plus two weapon, or a plus three weapon. If you want to do something else with it and make it an artifact or something, mm-hmm. go right ahead. Yeah. Because that was the system in third edition, especially for weapons and armor, that felt the best. Like, I got this plus five Vorpal longsword. Get at me. Yes, exactly. And it was awesome. You knew, but you knew exactly what it was going to do. You, and how much it cost. And how much it cost. Everything. That's the other thing I hate. I hate the, the range. range. 501 gold to 5,000 gold. I, I, I don't, how I'm do I determine? I'm not How economist. do I determine what's what's worth 5,000, what's worth 500? Fucking randomly, apparently. Like, let's, hold on. Like, I just try to make, like, weapons and armor more expensive and everything else less expensive. We're just that, that's, literally. That's as simple as it gets I'm going to compare me. two uncommon items. While you're doing this, I'm just going to look. Ready? Do you want to know what two uncommon items are? Go. Ammunition plus one. Which I would sell for 50 gold. Bag of holding. Which I would sell for like 500. Right. Those are both uncommon items in that same range, but one of them is a one-time use piece of shit, and anything, one is one of the most valuable items you can get. Anything that is a, a disposable item, a one-time use item, or like a semi-use, like a ointment or something, I just reduce the cost to the previous I I think rarity. Ointment is very good. So if it's a rare potion, I sell it for an uncommon price. Drift globe. Free. Just take it. Free. <laughs> just just, just it's, it's arguably a, it's a, that like, should be in a in a sorcerer starter kit. Honestly, the best part my favorite part about D D Beyond is the category the added category of magic items common. Yeah. Love there's com- all of there those. are common magic like items, gleaming armor and it up, the clean. It kind clothes. of upsets me that there's common magic items like that. Like it's a magic item. Yeah, magic is common. No, it's that. No, no, that is not what magic is. Magic is supposed to be rare and fun and exciting. They make not a campaign common. with rare, exciting, fun magic. There should be no common. I magic like did, you didn't pick that one item. What was it called? It was um, it was like a necklace that like let you change. Clockwork amulet. Clockwork amulet. So cool. How did you not pick that one? I know you wanted the intelligent crossbow, but the clockwork amulet was super, super cool. Why don't I? Why isn't it opening for me? I bought this book. Well, am I not no, logged in? I uh, I'm not logged in. God damn. It. I, I well, if we want to get into this, I, I picked the one that actually did something versus the packages that didn't do shit. So that was my whole philosophy on it. Yeah, I know you picked the one with the intelligent crossbow. Well, yeah, but I mean, the other there was one that didn't even have two magic weapons, and I'm a two weapon fighter. Like, what kind no, of shit is that? When one weapon in one hand and one weapon in the other. <laughs> this tiny clockwork or this copper amulet contains tiny interlocking gears and is powered by magic. Blah 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 blah. A creature that puts an ear to the amulet can hear. Blah 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 blah. When you make an attack roll while wearing the amulet, you can forego rolling the d20 to get a 10 on the die. Once used, it can't be used again until the next dawn. That is so cool. 
So, uh, just real quick, uh, on D&D Beyond, there are 172 magic items. Of all records? Of everything. That's it? That is That, feels that low. is it. That feels really, that really low. Every, that, at least that, and they include stuff that I haven't bought the books for. So this is, this is everything. Mm-hmm. That is artifacts, legendary in, weapons. Yes, this is everything that is in any book that is a core rule book. That's so low. Or a campaign setting. There used to be 172 on a single page in the DMG for well, 3.5. Well, just by virtue of math, by having like a plus one longsword, a plus two longsword, a plus three longsword, a plus four longsword. Plus exactly. Two, plus one fire, or flaming plus, yes. plus one fire. Yes, yes, exactly. So, although flame brand is way better than flaming. I miss it. Mm-hmm. I miss it so much. Well, you know what? We, you could, we could try to use that system. That would end very badly. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. It could. It's probably gonna end it very would badly. End very badly. Well, okay. So. Ooh, there's a weapon called Whelm. Yeah, it's garbage. The um. Of course it is. It's a whelming weapon. It's underwhelming. It, no, it's just whelming. The uh, <laughs> That's the worst thing the, in the world. Uh, the argument I think is that they were trying to streamline and simplify the system. Agreed. And I, again, I, as I said, they, I think they're trying to make people get creative with weapons, make their own intelligent items, um, like uh, in Critical Role, the axe that Grog had. Mm-hmm. That was a homebrew. Mm-hmm. I remember what it was called, but yeah, Craven's Edge. Yeah, it was a great it was sword. A sword. I'm sorry, yeah. not an axe. It, you made the intelligent axe that, that Bing had. Bong had. Yeah, oops, that's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bing Bong with Chong's double-sided axe, which was called something, I and just loved to kill things. It was so overpowered. I fucked up so badly. It's when we were level twenty. It didn't matter. Yeah, I know. Well, like, I tried to take away some overpowered magic items. It's fine, but hey, hopefully we get to fight. Bing-bong. You're not gonna fight Bing Bong. You would die. Die. You would die. Doesn't matter. Die. You would all die. Yes. He's unkillable. First of all, he could he, turn into a Yeti, or he can enlarge by spirit he, of the he Yeti. He could. He could fight a Runic by himself. He could easy. whirlwind. I think he could he fight could, a Runic he by could himself. Five attacks in normally. Yeah. Like it's so stupid. Yeah. I don't know why I did that. Because I'm dumb is the moral of the story. You always. I always overpower items. I actually. I feel like I underpowered a lot of stuff recently. Like your crossbow. I'm on the fence about. I don't know if it's overpowered or not. Overpowered? Yeah. It's a plus one crossbow. No. It does a bonus D6, yeah. and it hexes. Yeah. That's huge. Because you mean... can set it up like a disadvantage on deck saves. No, no, it's not saves. It's checks. checks. Oh, yeah, yeah, You can disadvantage on climbing or swimming. If you shoot somebody who's exactly. in the ocean, they're so, going to drown. So strength checks, yes. You have disadvantage on strength checks. I gave... And it's not, this isn't a magic item. Now, the extra, gave... now, wait, don't get me wrong. The extra D6, I, that is yeah. the, probably the redeeming feature of that weapon. Because otherwise, it hasn't talked to me yet. It hasn't so... Show... You had a sense of excitement. It hasn't sensed anything You yet. had... I If I were still recorded the sessions, you would have heard me say you got a, a brushed up against your feelings, this sense of like, yeah, shoot him. Well, I don't recall that. Yeah, well, you're not just, reading between the lines. Just make it more exciting. You, know, you don't... Just... You know... <laughs> You don't know as much as I thought you did. That's the moral of the story yeah. with your relationship to that weapon. Yeah, uh, you know, and hopefully, you know, I, I, you, you, we get into more. I, it, it, the thing is, it doesn't talk. If I could talk no. to it, I'd be so excited. You but can it talk just, to it. I just have to feel. It can it. understand you. It, I just, it, I just have to feel what it. Its thinks. responses will be emotional. So, so we'll see. I think okay. So non non combat magic items, still good, not good. Like what? There's plenty that are. Uh, Useless. Like what? Oh, uh, God. I mean... Drift Club. Yeah, I mean, the Wand of Smiles. Is that a common you, item? Yeah. Yeah, we ignore common items. Okay, how rare do you want to get? Uncommon or higher. Okay, let's look at uncommon items. Eyes of the Eagle. Patch on perception. Uh, Eyes of Minute Seeing. In 
any campaign where you I don't crit you so exactly yeah. so adamantine armor completely useless yep um let's see again I think ammunition plus one <gasps> stupid you know what we should talk about cursed uh, items so that's well that's part of a different topic healing potions it's part of, of a different so good. topic so good that's a different topic I am pro potion of poison you're pro fucking us. Just, just hard. Oh, I'm and pro fast. potential of you getting fucked. Hard There's a difference. Fast. Hard and fast. I would agree. The boots of striding and spring. Wait, you don't want to jump farther? Really? You know how handy that would have come in the dungeon Once. of the skeleton. What was that? What was that scarf dungeon called? The dungeon of the yeah. skeleton king yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Super handy it would have been. But yeah, we first level characters. No way we're getting those. I know, but by the handy. by the time you can afford them, they're useless. Your walking speed comes 30 feet, unless you're already walking faster than that. So really, these should just be used as flavor, where it's like Joe Schmo, the villager, happens to have boots of striding and springing. Yeah. And it's just a fun comedic thing for the townsfolk to be like, oh, there goes Joe Schmo with his high jumping boots. But I just want to point out that at the same time that uh, the the boots of striding and springing and the adamantine armor mm-hmm. are uncommon... Mm-hmm. A broom of flying is also that's an uncommon stupid. item. Like, that's one of the most powerful magic items you can get. That and the carpet of flying. Yeah. Portable hole, carpet of flying, broom of flying, even winged boots. Anything that gives you flying yes. is an incredible item. You know what? Boots of levitation actually suck because it's not flying. Ooh. Yeah. I can literally go up. I'm kind of standing right here. <laughs> I, I know. I can, can go up. You got to just like pull yourself along the wall as you're levitating. You need a grappling hook. Yeah. So you can throw to the ground, pull yourself <laughs> forward, <laughs> throw to the ground, pull yourself forward. You need a grappling hook in the boots of levitation. Oh, no. Rope of climbing plus a grappling hook plus the boots of levitation. Suddenly you're flying. <laughs> such a long workaround. It's such a long workaround. <laughs> I think a lot of the non-combat items have potential for fun. One I've never used is... Um, the dust of sneezing and no, choking? No, what's the giant mechanical creature you can climb inside and it's like a tank? Oh, I don't know about that. That's new to me. Uh, shit, what's it called? Apparatus of Qualish. That is something I always wanted to use, but it appears to be mostly useless, actually. It's a giant thing. It's a sealed iron barrel you can climb in. It has a bunch of levers that basically allow it to burrow, to swim, to open the front window, to attack. It's a tank. It sounds it's like a something a, a gnome would hop in oh. and just start running rampant around. Yes, in. but the problem is, it's a legendary item. So it's mostly useless. So unless you are Qualish or related Qualish, you ain't getting that shit. It's mostly useless and it's super rare. Like if you're level twenty and somebody gives it to you, you just I don't know. I don't want this. I don't, yeah, I'm good. I'm gonna sell this. I'm gonna try to sell it. At this point, I can do pretty much all the things. I can do that all, can all do. those things yeah. exactly. I can I can earth glide. I can fly. I can swim. It doesn't matter. Like, I can teleport. Teleporting. Side note, I just saw the Fantastic Beasts second sequel mm-hmm. movie. I feel like every problem in the Harry Potter universe can be solved by teleporting, and no one does it except when it's convenient. I feel like every problem in the Harry Potter universe could be solved by an AK-47. That's just not true. Yeah, I can literally, like, crumple your gun to pieces with a flick of my wand. Barrett 50 cal. Same thing. You can't stop if you don't see it, baby. Yeah, I can. I can't. Yeah, I can like put up a, a force a shield around me with magic. So you just always have a force shield up? Are you gonna surprise me with a fifty caliber rifle? I don't think so. I assume so. I'm gonna what be like a mean? mile away. And you're just gonna hit a moving target from a mile away. That's what snipers do on a regular basis. Mm, that's a fair point. So your solution isn't guns. Your solution is a trained military yes. sniper. Yes. Okay, I can dig that. Like that's what the well, I don't. He doesn't kill Voldemort because he's got the things. He's got the Horcruxes. Still fucks him up. He'll come back. 
Do it again. Shoot Harry Potter and they had a different story. Different uh, different movie altogether. That would be a very different book. Like, hey, I'm the boy who lived. No, Boom! no. Here's... I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. Here's my problem and why I can't stand by Harry Potter. I'm, I'm just... Why on God's green earth did Voldemort, a super evil motherfucker, mm-hmm. try to do this crazy elaborate death curse to kill Harry Potter instead of picking his ass up and dropping him out a window? It wasn't crazy elaborate. It's just a vodka cadaver. He's done. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Pick up. No. Nope. Drop. It is a baby. It it will splat. You have it to. Will die. That is the one human element of Voldemort that you'd have to pick up on is that he's not willing to actually do the physical things. He has henchmen. He has spells. He doesn't do the stuff. He never does the stuff. He lets other people or other forces. And that's why. All right. He we're gonna loses. go back to D and D from Harry Potter now, real quick. Um, I do. That's actually the, one of the areas of inspiration for me, though. Unrelated is Harry Potter. Like um. The little in the Fantastic Beasts, little nip the nifflers. Have you seen it? You haven't. They're like little. They look like um, little trees. No, what's the dumb creature? A platypus. It looks like a platypus without no. a tail. Okay. Has a pouch. Yeah. It's a bag of holding. It's natural creature pouch. It can just stuff shit in it. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. It's that's awesome. Shut up. It's awesome. Okay. It was inspiring for your purse of holding. Sure. That I gave you. You gave him me. No, you, your group just got a purse of holding. Yeah, I have shit, so don't look at me. Your group has a purse of holding. Yes. A purse of holding can just yes, hold they've got they've got a bag of holding. They've got, uh, you know, portable, portable hole. They've got flying carpets. Really, I want you to split up your. They've welcome. got uh, they they can blow shit up with a crossbow and shit. But no, I got a I got a hand crossbow and a rapier. Oh, yeah. and an ever smoking bottle, which you should have used honestly. Like, oh yeah, you got smoke. I was I was about to do that, but I'm like, no, that's just stupid. Uh, the. No, if I give you magic items, it's like giving you two magic items. Where if I give other people magic items, they'll use them in creative ways. You'll just use them straightforward. Yeah. You are your Coolman character. You're very straightforward. You tend not to think around, yeah, think around the object as using it in some other way. You would never take the chance to throw a smokestick into Why would, combat. My, there are five of us. Three of us can make ten your, attacks your crazy in a character. single round. Why on God's green earth would I give all of us disadvantage on 10 attacks when he, the enemy, has three, maybe three more if he uses all of his legendary abilities? The point is you use magic items as a player and not as your character. I don't know if that's entirely true. I think it is. The, uh... <laughs> and I think the magic items actually... Wait, example! Wait. Example! Kuhlman yeah. never put a healing potion in his never-ending flask. I, as a person, would have done that because I would crotch. have had, yeah, fire crotch, yeah, because I would have had infinite healing potion then. It was incredibly impractical to do that. It was once a day. Once a day, I have a healing potion. Cool. Instead of booze, which does nothing. You already had a bunch of healing potions. Uh, that would have been so funny if you put a potion of healing in your ever-filling flask and, and it was, it was potion, potion of poison. poison. I would have died. But nonetheless, I always kept booze in there because that's right. what my character would so, do. And actually, this leads to my final point is that magic items – pre-made magic items kind of are limiting in the thinking around them sort of thing. Very much so. Where it's like, okay, this is a broom of flying. I basically use it as a broom of flying. Because it can't fly if you're not on it, right? No, you can summon it. Yeah, but you, it won't, you can't say, go over there no, but you and can pick say, up my friend. Me. Yeah, but you can't say, go over there, pick up my friend and come back. No, but having it come to you is a perfectly yeah. helpful thing that Very no much one so. really utilizes that often. It's it's like a flying broom in Harry Potter. You just, it's somewhere, it. and you say, "Come on." No, you had to Accio. Yeah, whatever. Firebolts. Whatever. You don't know enough about Harry Potter. 
All right. I don't think we've really established or solved anything about magical items. It's mostly just us complaining it's about just, the system. It, so just to summarize, it's just very limiting. Yes. But it does streamline a lot of things for new players. And simplicity for... And it gives experienced players the ability to create their own stuff. Also, we desire more specific costs. Yes. God damn it. We are not if anonymous. If it is a plus five item, it should cost 100,000 gold and just be, be there. There's no plus five items. Isn't a holy avenger plus five? There's no, there's no in current. There's no plus five. Well, I'm saying items. fine. A plus three weapon should cost eighty thousand gold. Whatever it may be. Plus three shields could, should cost eighty thousand gold. Whatever, whatever it may be, it should have a specific cost. All right. I hope you enjoyed listening to us complain about the magic item system. And I would, if you have uh, worked out in your game actual costs for items that are send reasonable, those send those to us. I, I want them immediately. All right. That's it for this episode. As usual, we've learned and solved ah, not literal nothing this uh, time. You know, it does feel like nothing. Yeah, I think I'm going to go nuts. Um, Usually there's some gem we take away from it. Not today. Not today. Make sure to subscribe, rate the show on all of the various platforms I listed at the top of the show. Follow us on Twitter at RWD Podcast, and always feel free to send us topics you want to hear about or your D&D rants at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. And we will see you next time. Till then. Thank you.